everyone, and welcome to another episode of One for All. It's a weekly show, or bi-weekly show, or a some kind of show. It's a show. It's a show where we rewatch and review uh, the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your time-displaced host, Annabeth, who can't seem to figure out when the show releases, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Nancy. Now, this week, we have completed all of season four. We have done our wrap-up episode, and you know what that means. It's time for the OVAs. Yep, there were two OVAs that aired in between season four and season five. They took pity on us. They took pity on us, and they're like, this is a long-ass break, so we're going to give you two fun episodes, and they are fun. And since we are rapidly catching up with the show as it airs, <laughs> we want to prolong that a little bit. So let's watch these. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's absolutely no reason not to watch them. They're actually pretty good. And specifically, it's called... Make it, do it or die, survival training, nope. part one. That's not what was written down. Make it, do or die, survival training, part one. Great job. I'm bad at reading words, y'all. I'm I I'm gonna cut out the part where I messed that up, but I did mess it up. Hmm, I don't know. I might be editing this one, and I might just leave it in. <laughs> 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 oh, good lord! You'd be well within your rights. But yeah, do you remember anything about this this episode or these two episodes in total? I remember a lot about the two episodes. Um, where it kind of gets a little confusing is uh, where the line is where things sort of break off. Like I remember some things that happen, obviously, but it's a little because it's one story basically broken up into two parts. So it's a little vague for me there. And I also don't entirely remember how it begins either. It's a school thing. Yes, it is a school thing. They're going for like a survival exercise or yeah. something like that. It's basically like if you really want to focus on the academia portion of My Hero Academia, this is basically like a class. And they do some cool hero training. They do. And we're going to go watch it right now. And we have watched the thing. And that was fun. It was fun. It notably takes place in the past, though. Yeah. So if you're wondering why certain characters are maybe acting a little behind <laughs> and why some other characters' powers are not quite as developed as they are, it's important to note this happens before they get their licenses. And it opens up with a big recap about, you know, what quirks are and Deku's history and stuff like that. You can tell this is probably made with the intention of people that maybe don't watch the show very often being able to catch up. And you can tell in this moment and also with how in-depth they explain things sometimes throughout the entire episode. The beginning of this episode actually reminds me of the mini intro at the beginning of like Bleach Season 2 where they mm -hmm. were like, I'm Ichigo, I have spiritual powers, I go do a thing! Like mm -hmm. because on... Back in the day, at least, like if you missed an episode, you weren't going to catch it again. Mm -hmm. So if you were tuning in in season two, they had to get you caught up at the beginning of every episode. Buffy, too. Yeah. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. I, at the beginning of every episode of Buffy, like there was a little recap at the beginning, pretty much. But that's just how things were in the pre-streaming age. If you missed something, you really missed it until there were reruns months later and that's if you happen to know what the rerun schedule was which wasn't always the case at least not for me yeah absolutely it's interesting to see it here like used here in a, a more modern age but mm -hmm. it's fine it gives you a little primer for what quirks are and who deku is and 
all that stuff. Uh, and then we find out that they're going to do some rescue training. Yeah, we have Eraserhead giving them their assignments. Class is being split up into two teams. And I feel like it is not a surprise that if you look at who's on Team A, which is the team that we're going to be following for these two episodes, it tends to be the more fan favorite characters. Which isn't to say that the characters on Team B don't have their fans, stuff like that, like Jiro's on Team B, for example. But you'll notice that, like, uh, the the bigger a character's profile is, they're more it's more they're more likely to be on Team A. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of time taken up in this episode by people being like, "We're on the same team, yeah," mm-hmm. which is. I mean, I get it, but also clearly padding for time. Yeah. Also, one thing to note, the animation quality in this episode is not at quite the level that we have seen recently. I'm not necessarily saying it's terrible, but especially in these scenes where everyone's just sitting around and talking, I noticed it wasn't quite the level of detail that we've come to see from the show over the past four seasons. Absolutely. They get costumed up and they head out to Ground Beta, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is just like one of the little side city areas. Yeah, um, that's sort of like a, a disaster area. Um, we focus on Team A from this point out, and we learn that Tenya has been made the leader, which makes sense. He's he's the class rep. And in a very Tenya way, he's already taking things way too seriously. <laughs> yeah, he wants to brief everybody and wants to make sure they do an exemplary job and don't bring shame upon their class. Mm-hmm. People start to roll their eyes at it and stuff. Momo does step in and she gives people a more practical sort of overview of the situation. Here's what you need to know. There's an underground mall. It's very extensive. There was a fire. Somebody didn't get out. And now there's only emergency power. And somebody needs rescuing. And someone needs rescuing. And by someone, in this case, it's just going to be a dummy that they're going to rescue. It's not like there's, you know, a teacher or something like that, you know, in the, the mall somewhere. This this underground mall that they have to go through. I also think it's interesting, like, you can just see in these two, a few brief interactions, they are very concerned about getting the characters right, or at least right for where they were at this point in the show. Yep. Um, like, Tenya really acts like Tenya, and Momo really acts like her competent self. And then you have Bob Bakugo rushing in, acting very much like season two Bakugo, being like, I know you all want to split up into teams or whatever. I'm just fucking going to go in. He's, I'm the lone wolf. He's much more of a dick to Deku, too, because they haven't had their uh, big, coming, fight. big yeah. fight coming to terms. All Might spills the secret discussion yet, yeah. which if you weren't paying attention at the beginning and didn't catch the fact that this was prepped for the provisional exam, you'd be like, what? Why is it like this? Yeah, why is he acting so, like... Early Bakugo, not current Bakugo, and, and that's why. So they're going to go descend into this mall. Bakugo, as mentioned, wants to go by himself, but of course he is going to be joined by Kamineri and Karishima, the double Ks, who always follow Bakugo around everywhere. You know, I'm not going to complain there. Like, this, this, this is, there's a lot of fan service. Let's, let's not gloss over the fact, like, these OVAs are definitely strong on the fan service. And that is a combination, especially Bakugo and Karishima, that I really like watching. So it's nice to see them together. The other teams are made up in a slightly more organized way. Because um, Momo did it. <laughs> because Momo did it. And clearly keeping in mind everyone's powers and how they complement each other. So we have... Deku, Ochako, and Sue on one team. We have Momo and Tenya on another team. And we have Todoroki and Tokoyami on a third team. Done in a way to, you know, just keeping their powers in, in, in mind and also their weaknesses. Because with Tokoyami, you have Dark Shadow, who is going to be very dangerous in this darkened underground area. So they sent somebody who can make fire. 
which is smart. Also, Todoroki's quirk is very flexible mm-hmm. in what it can do, and Dark Shadow is really strong. Yes. So, like, if they have to, like, hold something up or move a bunch of debris, like, they can do that. On Deku's team, um, Ochako can make things later to help get people out from under debris. Sue can go anywhere. Uh, she's super mm-hmm. versatile in any terrain, and Deku is super strong. So if they need actual, like, muscle power, they have it. And in the case of Momo and Tenya, they're both super organized people. Tenya can get around pretty quickly if they need to, and mm-hmm. Momo can make anything that they might need. Yeah. So... Very organized team structure. Deku, in fact, is doing his mutter, mutter, mutter about it until everyone else is gone. Yeah, he's so busy thinking over all the comp- how the teams are put together that he misses the show, basically. And he and his team have to enter a little after the fact. And at this point, you know, we, so- we show everyone sort of walking in. And what becomes kind of a common thing in this episode is the teams work together to sort of logically figure out the best way to go about the situation. And we're not going to go over like every single move because it happens a lot this episode, but it is a very effective way to show you that, you know, with the exception of Team Bakugo, that these students at this point, they work together really well. But a wrench is thrown in just as Deku and his team are trying to figure out the best way to go. There is a gasp, an earthquake. An earthquake, and it causes some problems in the structural integrity of the mall. In fact, the ground beneath Deku and company falls out from under them, and presumably other groups, but we don't see everybody. Yeah. You see Sue fall first, and then you see Deku and Ochako fall again, and everything just kind of blacks out. And then when the scene opens the next time, we have what is maybe the most overtly romantic image that has ever been on this show, outside of the weird stuff between Gentle Criminal and La Brava. Yeah. yeah. Like, I have seen fan art drawn exactly like this. <laughs> um, Ochako and Deku are floating together. Yeah, and sort of like in this almost yin and yang symbol around each other. Um, with the debris, because in the collapse, uh, Ochako was able to float uh, them and save Deku. Yep, there's a little bit of an establishing communication back and forth, like a, hey, thanks, we didn't fall to our death, awesome, uh, we should get down from here, and then, oh, we're Sue, no, she's right here. Yeah, and there's a, a nice little moment, actually, where they kind of uh, bump into each other once they're on the ground, and they kind of blush. So just in case you didn't get that that moment was supposed to be romantic, they, they kind of drew it into you there that they, these two have feelings for each other. Again, what I said about the fan service. There's a lot of debris, and they think originally that Deku should go clear out some debris with his, you know, big superpowers. But they come to the realization that it's a bad idea because they can still hear, like, debris falling mm. and settling into place. And they don't want to make the situation worse. Yeah, and that establishes something very important for this episode. The fact that this is still a, a fragile situation. Like, any large move, which obviously can happen with the power levels with some of the, a lot of the characters that we have here, is potentially dangerous and can tip things for the worst. And just as they're sort of figuring out what to do and their next steps, they hear a cry for help from Momo. Yep, Momo says that Tenya has been injured in the earthquake that occurred and she needs help. And the team rushes off to find them and to provide assistance. Deku says something like make some glue, Mm -hmm. like for the debris, which when you think about how Momo makes stuff is mm-hmm. just really gross. Like, I'm just going to make a bottle of glue. Yeah, and not just like a glob. <laughs> just a glob of glue coming out of the front of her shirt. But we're going to take a little break from this group to 
find out what's going on with Todoroki and Tokoyami because the power's out. Yes. And, of course, the power out is dangerous for Dark Shadow. We learned that when the collapse happened with them, that Todoroki was actually able to save Tokoyami with his ice powers, creating a shield. But now they're in a situation where Tokoyami is now vulnerable because of the darkness, and Todoroki doesn't exactly want to create a lot of flame because they are in a very enclosed space right now, and he's concerned about using up all the oxygen in the room. Which I'm not sure, like, how fast that would actually happen from a scientific point of view, but I can understand not wanting to risk it. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like, initially, Tokoyami's like, we can't, con- like, continue the rescue like this. We should get out of here. And Todoroki's like, this could just be part of the exercise. Like, we don't know. And also, we don't know if everybody's okay. Like, yeah. you almost got crushed to death. And Tokoyami's like, oh, yeah, shit. I guess we should go... Uh, help out if if we can. Yeah. But it does raise an interesting question. Like, is this giant collapse like a way, like a fun thing the teachers cooked up? You know what would be great? If we buried these children alive. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like something. They are, can be pretty extreme at UA. You saw the friggin' entrance exam. So it does raise an interesting question for, is this real? Like a real disaster now? Or is this all part of the class? Yeah, absolutely. Down deeper in the complex, though, we have Karishima busting through. Like a daisy from the debris with Kaminari next to him, um, helping him out. And we were now in their conversation that uh, Kaminari is basically the kind of a damsel in distress here uh, because he had to be rescued by both Karishima and Bakugo during the collapse and he's not feeling all that great about himself about he's, it he's feeling like a big idiot and mm-hmm. then and then Bakugo calls him an idiot and is like what are you talking about your quirk is exactly what we need to get out of here just shut up yeah and like come along now yeah he, he doesn't know what but he is the most important character for this arc yeah and you gotta remember we haven't had the the licensing exam so nobody has seen Kaminiri save the day mm-hmm uh, with Bakugo and Karishima versus Meat yet. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's still kind of like the laughing stock of the class when it comes to his silly quirk that makes him dumb in the head when he uses it. Yeah, so then Bakugo also states that he's going to go off and he's going to make sure that he still rescues this victim, this dummy, because if this was a real situation, like even though things look like they're kind of serious right now and they look like the stakes have been raised, if it was all might... He would rescue the victim no matter what. So he is going to prove that he can do that too. Which, of course, gets Karishima all fired up. And they have this wonderful sort of manly bonding moment, which I also appreciate considering I ship these two as well. And they go off to save the day. They go off to save the day. (laughs) Together. Speaking of saving the day, Team Deku is moving rocks with low gravity. Mm -hmm. And they manage to find Momo. Yes. And we find out that Tenya got hurt saving Momo from debris. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, you know, because he can move so fast, he was able to sort of, you know, push her out of the way. But in in the moment, he basically injured his leg, um, which is not good. And more troubling, he hurt his head. So he's basically, like, unconscious. Like, he's, he's still muttering that he wants to finish this task. He wants to go and save the victim. But... Clearly, he is not capable of doing that in this moment, and he needs to be taken to, to like, a medic or something like that. Like, Momo has done first aid, but there's really only so much she can do under these circumstances. Yeah, and Deku kind of points out that they got to get to the elevator shaft and use their various powers to get 
Tanya out of here. And even though this was like a fake rescue situation initially, it has become a real rescue situation for them. Yeah, because they have to rescue Tanya. Like, regardless of what is part of the class and what is not part of the class, he's facing a serious injury here and that needs to be taken care of. And then we switch again, keep on switching back and forth between all these groups. And we see Karishima bust through this time a metal wall to get everyone down to what I think is the lowest basement in this underground mall area. Floor like B6 or something like that. Yeah. And Bakugo quickly assesses where the emergency power station would be and sends Kaminari to go charge it. Yes. This reminds me of like a server room. I admitted we don't know what an emergency power station would look like. So sure, it looks like a server room. But yes, Kaminari needs to charge up the batteries Basically, this is his important role in the rescue mission. And he gets all fired up and he's going to give him a giant charge. And then Baku goes like, oh, my God, don't be an idiot. Charge him slow. Charge charge him slow, which is funny. It is funny. We pivot again to Todoroki and Tokoyami who are having a bad time because there's more floor collapse. Mm -hmm. And Todoroki is going to fall and Tokoyami immediately is like, oh, no, send Dark Shadow. But it's pitch black in here. So that goes... Poorly. Yes. He quickly loses control of Dark Shadow. And as a result, there's more collapsing. And it looks like even Deku, like who's nearby, he, he hears something is going on. And he starts to try to run in to rescue things. Um, but the lights come on. Yep. Good job, Bakugo. <laughs> and our, our two T heroes over there, mm-hmm. the double T's. Yes, T and T. Have a... A check in on each other and everybody's fine. Uh, Todoroki did bump his head. Yeah, so he is exp- experiencing what might be a mild concussion at this point, which is, you know, probably something that we should be concerned about given his power level. But he is, you know, able to to go forward. And then we come to the point where they have found the elevator. Deku and company have found the elevator. They're getting ready to float Tenya's cot, which Momo made, up the shaft. And that's almost the end of the episode. Like, we we were getting close to the elevator shaft, but that wasn't the end. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. This is when things got really serious and our biggest challenge of rescue training, no survival training, begins. Um, and that's pretty much it. There's a water leak. There is a water leak. Which is bad. Which is, which is definitely bad. Um, because that is how you drown. If you were in an enclosed space and water rushes in. So that's fun. Yeah, not... Not a great situation for our heroes, but if you want to find out what happens, you'll have to tune in next week mm-hmm. for part two. And that was the, f- the first OVA. Yeah. As far as know. OVAs go, pretty okay. Yeah. I, I remember when this aired, and it was such a long break between the season four and season five, even longer than normal, I think, that it was just such a delight to have something new to watch. And as I mentioned before, this leans really heavily on fan service and sort of just giving the audience probably more of things that they like, like giving those great moments between Bakugo and Karishima, for example, and Deku and Ochako, and even ones that are not particularly romantic, and seeing, you know, Dark Shadow be big and cool and dangerous. So, like, fan service isn't always the smart way to go, but I feel like it works here. It works here. Yeah. For what this is. Right? Like, it's it's pretty easygoing. Mm-hmm. It, it softballs a lot of stuff, I yeah. think. But it does so in a way that's still exciting yeah. and feels like it has stakes, which a lot of OVAs do not feel like they have stakes. Yeah, and a lot of OVAs, 
you you can tell or movies for that anime movies you could tell they want you to think that there are stakes because everyone will act very big and dramatic and lots of yelling and shouting and there's some of that here but i feel like in those cases it often doesn't feel earned and here it does it doesn't feel like something as large stakes as an overhaul situation or even a gentle criminal situation but it does feel like what it tries to be which is a a class gone wrong yep did you like the episode? Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, Me too. I, I enjoyed it pretty consistently from beginning to end. Who gets your plus ultra character of the week? Hmm, that is a tricky one. Let's see. Let's let's go through the ones that might deserve it the most. You could give it to Ochako because her powers are very useful in this situation. She saved Deku when she floated all that debris. You could give it to Tenya for pushing Momo out of the way. You could give it to Todoroki for shielding Tokoyami. Um, you could give it to Bakugo for keeping his head. Being and, highly competent. And being highly competent. I might have to give it to Bakugo. I think that's, a, that's yeah. a good call. Yeah, let's give it to Bakugo. This is, for all the yaks rather immature at the beginning of the episode, this shows you both his good and his bad side really well. Like, at this point in the series, he is a bit of a blowhard that doesn't do well with teamwork, but he's smart as fuck. Yep. He's explaining to people like where they would keep this emergency power station because mm-hmm. it's in the most stable yeah. like portion of this building. I wouldn't know that. <laughs> he he did a good job. I think he deserves it. I will also give it to him this week. Uh but but that's it for us. It's the episode. You've got it. Mm-hmm. Uh if you enjoyed these OVAs when they originally aired, or if you're watching them now for the first time, come talk to us about it over on Twitter. We're at one for all cast. Additionally, I'm there at Incidentally Anna, and Nancy is at... Watch Nancy Tweet. Now, we have not talked about Nancy's books for a while, so I'm going to let her do that for a minute before we wrap up. Sure. Um, If you enjoy superhero fiction, you might enjoy my Red and Black series. In fact, by the time this episode is out, because we record these in advance, the next book might be out. I don't know. I... I can't, I can't, I'm not doing the math. Anyways, in May, <laughs> if it happens to be in May when this episode airs, go check Amazon. The fifth book in my Red and Black series is called Breaking and Entering, and it is a superhero heist story. I love superhero stories, obviously, because I'm listening to the show, and I love heist stories, so I feel really fortunate that I was able to write one. I had a lot of fun with this one. I love how you said you're, you're, li- you're listening to this show. Oh. Um, you're recording this show. I'm also recording this show. I do listen to it as, you know, I edit it, so I know what it sounds like. I'm about to do that yeah. in like an hour or two. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's it for us this week. A big thank you to all of you for listening. A big thank you to Richard DeCosta for our opening and ending credits. Another, la- the lastly big thank you to, the biggest thank you to, to Nancy uh, for Putting up with my ass when I was like much later than normal today because I was very tired. So thank you for that. Uh, And we will see you next time for part two of the same title. You want to do or die survival training (laughs) part two. Part two. What's going to happen to Tanya? Find out next time. We'll see you then. See you then.